We are live. Uh, this is a Grand Prix recap. A um, few days late, but, uh, you know, this was a really fun race to, to kind of think about as as we previewed it um, last week. We talked about sort of what, what where the championship stands and, and what all the fat kind of factors that went into this race and um, ultimately um, the result and, and, and how we think about that will be interesting because we've we got two races left and uh there's really no time and it's it's just uh, as tight as it could be um what were your initial thoughts on on lewis taking the checkered flag here and i i wasn't surprised right like i think you you took a risky pick for verstappen winning and and just getting angry you know in, in this race as opposed to last where, where lewis was just extremely quick you know lewis sets pole um there were some interesting penalties before the race on Sunday where some disregard of the double yellow flags caused Verstappen to get a five-place grid penalty. He immediately made that up at the beginning of the race. I think he got up to second or third within five laps. So that just shows that you know Verstappen and Hamilton are still <laughs> way ahead, yeah, way ahead of the others. Yeah. But like for, for Red Bull fans... Um, the Mercedes engine and whatever they've changed since Brazil uh, is still here and it is blazing fast. So I wasn't surprised. And, but what, what I am going to be really excited about is how close this title fight is with eight points separating the two of them with two races to go. Yeah. I mean, it's eight points, which very easily could have been seven. Um, that, that, that Verstappen fastest lap, do you think that will come into play here? I mean, it does feel like Lewis is just going to run away with a faster engine and just being uh, pr- probably, I think we could say at this point, the more kind of experienced, better driver. But um, I-, I did think it was interesting to see, especially in the circumstances that came out with um, him, him capturing that, that, Yeah, I think it, I think it could definitely matter. Um, there have been championships in the past chase that, have been decided by one point. Um, and, and I do think that uh, barring something wild happening in Saudi Arabia, where we head next, thankfully we have a week break. I think that the late pod today is probably due to you and I having a triple header for the last three weeks um, with preview pods and recap pods. But um, yeah, I think that fastest lap is going to start to become a strategy, but Chase, I don't think it necessarily will be Max versus Lewis for the fastest lap. I think that that Valtteri and Sergio Perez are going to have to start blocking people in the mix if they're going to play the team game for this championship. Um, I, I think that they'll try to take away points, but there's plenty of scenarios. Do you want to get into kind of how the points are right now? Because we said it, Verstappen leads Hamilton by eight, but we have two races to go. Um, essentially, Lewis Hamilton needs to score above seventh in the next race in Saudi Arabia, if he doesn't, and there's no reason to think he, he won't, but if he doesn't finish seventh, if he finishes like eighth um, and Max Verstappen wins in Saudi Arabia, the championship is over and Max Verstappen. And, and, and for people listening at home, for Lewis Hamilton to finish outside of seventh, it pretty much would have to be a, like a, a retirement, which, hey, his teammate Valtteri Bottas retired in this last race, so it's it's not like out of the realm of possibility. But um, if it's everything on an even playing field, uh, we've seen time and time again it's going to be Hamilton Verstappen or Verstappen Hamilton one two. There's just no reason that won't happen. But listen, it's Formula One. 
there's crashes all the time. There's crazy shit that comes up. It's it's not um, uncommon to, to to see like in a racing incident, to see um, a puncture, to to see a, a front wing come off. I mean, anything can happen, and and it does. It, it's helpful for Verstappen to have like the points in the hand right now to have built that equity up. But for um, sure, but it, it just I, I don't know. I I, I can't see. With the way Lewis is racing right now, with everything going just chalk, him not winning this championship, I'm pretty resigned. To- yeah, but what you're saying is is that if everything goes to plan, Lewis Hamilton won't finish anything other than first, second, or maybe a third place finish. But with two races to go and how wacky this season has been, um, surely if it goes into Abu Dhabi, the last race of the season, which is in two weeks... If it goes into Abu Dhabi and is still, um, you know, within this eight-point reach, or maybe it's five at that point or four, you have one race left between two title contenders. One of them is the, you know, godfather of the sport right now with seven, eight world titles. Um, who doesn't want to hand it off to Max Verstappen, who's trying to win his first one? Chase, like it's going to come down to something that we don't think is going to happen. Otherwise, Max Verstappen probably takes this thing because he's got an eight-point advantage. And he's going to try to sneak some fastest laps in there. And he's going to try to win the next two races, obviously. But um, what I think could be really fun to watch for is you mentioned Valtteri Bottas. He had a DNF in this last race because of tire issues. Um, Saudi Arabia, the next circuit that we're racing on, um, we've never raced there before. And we had never raced in Qatar before. So Pirelli, the, the tire manufacturer for Formula One, came out with recommendations to teams saying don't race longer than 30 laps on the uh, soft tire. A lot of teams pushed it. I think Mercedes did 33 laps and look what happened. Uh, Valtteri Bottas's tires popped and he had to retire from the race. So um, Saudi Arabia could have similar tire issues just because the tire provider for formula one Pirelli doesn't know exactly what it's like to race there yet since they haven't really put an F1 car on it. So there are plenty of interesting kind of drama points to look for, not only in Saudi Arabia, but also um, to finish it off in Abu Dhabi, which is a more historic track that these guys have all raced on. But it's perfect for us to finish the season um, under the bright lights during a night race. I love a night race. I've been on record. I don't know if I've told you this, but um, I think the Singapore Grand Prix is, is my favorite Grand Prix. I just... A street race in the in the under the lights is I mean can't get really much cooler than that. The they, cars they look way cooler in the uh, in the dark, like or, or under the oh, lights, yeah. but in the dark they just look all the colors pop. It's it's very cool. It's it's so sweet. It's awesome. But um no I, I this I mean it's gonna come down to the, the last race of this year. It, it just there's no two ways about it. I I don't know. I just have that feeling. Um, getting flashbacks to to Lewis's first. A world title where I, it, I just think it's going to be that way and, what, and if it's lewis winning on that last race um that's awesome I, I mean i wouldn't say like he should retire then but it would be such a poetic ending um to like an awesome career to kind of take mick and and uh or not mick but um michael schumacher's um world title record and, and just kind of leave the sport on such a high note but um I don't. I don't know. Any. I mean, we we're waiting for the anything to hap, happen moment. We we've mm-hmm. seen some pretty standard like good cars racing fast and good drivers doing well. But um, will we see? You know, 
kind of racing incidents? Will we see uh, penalty flags? Will, I don't know. There, will we see the kind of chicanery that makes Formula One? In- yeah, I think I think, um, and we'll, we'll obviously jump into the Qatar Grand Prix just to give a little bit of a recap. But as the listener can tell, we're super excited to continue to go forward in this season to go to Saudi Arabia. Not this weekend, thankfully. We have a have a weekend off. Uh, and the teams need a weekend off for having a triple header. That's just a logistical nightmare. And I think um, they're all breathing this weekend and, and getting back on track. But um, yeah, I think I think that we're going to see some fireworks. Um, I don't know if it's going to be in Saudi Arabia. I think that we'll either have an even championship going into Abu Dhabi uh, or you know, still, still one within reach, right? Even if Max wins this next race and gets seven points, you have a 15 point lead for Max Verstappen. Uh, if, if Lewis indeed finishes in second, right, Chase. So 15 point lead going into Abu Dhabi. And at that point, if, you know, if Lewis Hamilton wins the race, picks up fastest lap, Max Verstappen finishes in, you know, fourth or fifth or has any sort of incident, um, that's a title for Lewis. So it's extremely tight for anybody that hasn't watched just getting kind of an idea of where the points standing is right now. And even just focusing solely on those two cars um, for the next two races could be pretty fun to aid your drive to survive experience. Once Netflix releases this, this, this next season, because this, this uh, you know, especially these last 10 races chase have just been incredible um, as well as the season goes. But another thing just to point it out there during my rambling, um, Lewis Hamilton has had a couple of engine penalties because he's constantly refreshing that engine and wanting the fastest engine each week. Lewis or uh, Toto Wolf has said they're going to do the same exact thing in Saudi Arabia. Another thing that I didn't notice until right now is that every time Lewis does that, when he gets a five point penalty chase, let's say he sets you know a pole during qualifying, Lewis is starting in sixth and Max let's say he finishes second, right? He'd be starting on pole or whatever it may be. That means that they're not right up next to each other as soon as the race begins. So we haven't actually had a one-two start between Max and Lewis in several weeks. And so that scenario that we're talking about that I don't think any fan truly wants for there to be a collision that kind of confirms the title, because if either one of these guys DNF um, and the other finishes a race in the next two, that could be the title right there, Chase. But uh, who knows? Maybe Abu Dhabi is going to be the first race where Lewis doesn't take an engine penalty and they do fin- They do start one, two, and you just have that climb to the first corner um, that I think we're all going to be on the edge of our, of our seats for. And and listen, if we do get that, and I've been obviously pumping Lewis up, and I, I do think like he's been driving brilliantly, no one's been better on that first corner than Max. No one's been braver. No one has really pushed their starts and, and been aggressive like him. So, hey, bring that on. Like, I hope Lewis takes a penalty and we don't see that, like, one-two pole position until that Abu Dhabi race. Because, uh, hey, under the lights, like, give me that first start. Give me that, like, the lights off and we're, we're racing. Because I, I think that could be really an awesome yeah, I, I I wish we could just fast forward to it, but um, should we should we dive into a little bit of your kind of quick Qatar uh, Grand Prix review? Yeah, let's let's do it. Um, do you want to give Fernando Alonso your fucking guys? 
Yeah, we, we, we should we should have maybe started with that, but I guess I'm just so excited for the title hunt. But yeah, uh, Fernando Alonso, first time on the podium since I think 2014. Uh, I believe that's the longest um, the longest gap between podium finishes in the sports history. So congrats to Fernando Alonso. I think he drove a hell of a race. And this was uh, this was one where he qualified in fifth chase. Um, Verstappen and Botas both got penalties after qualifying because they disregarded two yellow flags for the Gasly crash at the end of qualifying, which set them back five and three places respectively. Um, so that pushes Fernando Alonso. I think he started on the podium. He started in third and really kept that from there. But yeah, hell of a drive for Fernando Alonso. Yeah, I mean, you, you said it's so fun to see him like such a champion to get on that podium and and to get back there. It, it, it was really fun to see that. He just he drove great. He, everyone knew he has the the talent. It's just it's hard, like with a car like in that mid tier, even lower than the mid tier, like low mid tier. I mean, you you would have thought only if something really goes wrong is he going to make it his way on the podium. And it was pretty cool to see him. Really earn it, earn it. Yeah, and 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 I think you have older drivers like when Michael Schumacher came back and raced for Mercedes in 2012. He had one podium. It was at the European Grand Prix in 2012. But other than that, Michael Schumacher looked like he had lost a step or two. Um, this year, Fernando Alonso. It took him a couple of races, but then he's pretty consistently beat Esteban Ocon in that Renault uh, or that Alpine, rather. So. Yeah, I agree, Chase. I think it'll be really interesting to see what he looks like next year in the 2022 car. Hopefully, like like Formula One has promised, that there's going to be more battling and racing. Uh, everybody, when they speak of Fernando Alonso, they say that he is the best defensive Formula One driver in history. So if you have a guy that's getting out there and setting good qualifying laps with a better car next year with Alpine... It's going to be very hard for anybody to get by Fernando Alonso. So he's still a hell of a racer. And yeah, congrats to Alpine for not only getting a win this year with Esteban Ocon, but also getting a podium with Fernando Alonso. I think that kind of caps their season at its max potential. Um, Chase is that they're going to have probably one good episode in Drive to Survive yeah. where they talk they talk about Daniel Ricciardo leaving Renault yeah. and Cyril Abatabul leaving um, from the you know the, the the manager seat at Renault and a full change and they had a pretty damn good first year especially because they they've really beaten Aston Martin pretty heavily so um, yeah congrats to them yeah I mean yeah you you've said Aston looked like a team on the hunt. They obviously two two teams that went through rebrands and re, like renamed themselves and hired famous old drivers. And in the case of uh, Alpine, it was obviously Alonso, but um, Aston got Seb. But it's yeah, it's been a pretty thorough Alpine season. Um, so we'll, we'll see how the new regulations kind of benefit um, one team or the other. But um, no, I'm it's happy to see them find some success here. Um, moving past kind of down the grid, we. I think we predicted pretty consistently this Ferrari team would be out, would be beating um, the McLarens, but I, I did not expect seven and eight. It feels like Sites and Leclerc like are destined to finish like right next to each other, no matter what the week is. It's they have crazy. really they have really comparable pace um, in this car, which means that one of them isn't really standing out over the other, which is 
every driver's biggest competition is just the other person that has technically their same, you know, mechanical car. So, um, yeah, Sainz has yeah. really outperformed this year. I think everybody expected Leclerc to not dominate Carlos Sainz, but surely look like the better driver. And I would say that Leclerc is having a bit of a down year. Don't think he has a podium. I know Carlos got a podium in Monaco. Um, but yeah, I think Ferrari was just super consistent this season. And at the end of this triple header, I know they had over 40 points and McLaren, uh, had an absolute shitstorm of a, of a triple header. They had four points total, all of them being Lando Norris and zero for Daniel Ricardo. So that was, that was like a big takeaway after Qatar is how, how poor, you know, how much poor luck McLaren had, but ultimately they, you know, they shit away the third, the third spot in the constructors championship to Ferrari, um, just over this past triple header. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's tough to, to kind of finish the season that was looking really promising with, with Lando getting a lot of heat and, and having two really great drivers. I mean, some, uh, we were even saying that probably the two best on the grid, just from pure driving standpoint, um, to have it end this way is is unfortunate, but um, I, I trust Zach Brown. I, I trust this team to kind of to make the necessary changes for next year. But it, it looks like, yeah, for this year they're they're going to finish uh, fourth in that constructors, and which is which is fine. Hey, listen, it's 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 not a bad showing by any means, but it's just tough from where they were at to the at the beginning of the season. Yeah, and, and you know it, it may not just be for pace. Um, you know, Dan, uh, Daniel Ricardo in that first leg of the triple header, he was up there and, and made that move into, I think, third or fourth at the beginning of the race and had the Valtteri Botas collision, which put them both at the end of, you know, the grid to start the race, right? Um, Daniel had damage to his car. So, and that was, a, I think that was a weekend where Lando had an engine penalty. So he was already at the back. So that's not pace, that's bad luck. And that's going for a spot at the three and four you know, position with, with anytime you're, you're hitting Valtteri Botas at the start of the race, that means that you're up there, you know, Ferrari necessarily hasn't been up there. They've just been steady Eddie and have put together a lot of fifth and sixth results and seventh and eighth. And, you know, they're not, they're not finishing one, two, like McLaren did in Monza, right? McLaren has been kind of, um, you know, boom and boom and bust this season while Ferrari has just been steady Eddie. So, and then you had Lando, remember he was getting around Carlos signs at the beginning, I think for third or fourth as well, um, of the Mexican Grand Prix, right? Um, or maybe that was, yeah, the Mexican Grand Prix where he had the tire issue, right? Um, that we talked about last week. Um, and then Ricardo had a DNF for a power engine or a power unit issue. And then this weekend, Lando's Lando was in fourth place, Chase. And then he had a tire pop for that same Pirelli issue that we talked about at the top of the podcast. So it's not necessarily pace. It's just bad luck. And that's how this sport can be. No, hundred percent. I mean, you want to go out driving and you want to go making moves, but um, yeah, no, it's tough. It's a lot of money on the line. It's it. It's this stuff actually matters um, in terms of like the dollar amounts we're talking about. So it's not trivial. Um, it's, you're never going to tell drivers to, to drive conservatively, but you know, sometimes you, you read into things as a trend and sometimes it's strategy, but it, it's hard that with so little, like 
as we're building more and more like data on all these teams, like you don't want to take a sample size and extrapolate too too heavy on it. But um, no, I think what you've been saying is is right on. Um, so yeah, I think I think let's. Um, do you want to kind of talk about our predictions? And uh, I don't want to belabor Qatar. And I know people are kind of looking ahead to these last two races, but um, we have our championship. Um, I I kind of went out on a limb and. Uh, I made some guesses that I, I probably shouldn't have. I'm never going to disparage Pierre Gasly, but um, finishing outside the points is not good for a guy predicted to be on a podium. Um, but hey, hey, no, do do not put yourself down. That prediction was phenomenal. Um, he qualified in fourth, Chase. I mean, I was looking at that this before the weekend, and I was like, Chase is going to get this head on. I almost thought if if somebody gets like an outside the box third place prediction they should get bonus points. You know, like if you, if I got, um, you know, Carlos signs this weekend, that would be a little bit outside the box. If you got Pierre Gasly, I feel like that shouldn't just be the standard amount of points allocated. Fortunately for me, you didn't, you weren't correct. Cause Pierre slid back in the race, which was a bummer, but like he qualified <laughs> yeah. fourth. He was extremely fast. The guy just continues to overperform. But these two, these two pit races, these two stop races, Chase are super fun because one stop, it's really no movement in the shuffle for, 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 for the grid, but having to do two different pit stops and two tire changes makes these races so much more fun. So something for the listener to look out for in the calendar, whether it's this year or next year, when you have a race where a two pit stop strategy is what's recommended and likely like Qatar, that means that there's, you know, double the amount usually, um, of risk and chance for there to be a slow pit stop or the wrong tire choice, which can change the race. And for Pierre Gasly and some of the other guys that pushed it too far on tires, you know, that takes Botas out of the race. It takes Lando Norris, um, you know, some major change this weekend, but yeah, you didn't get Gasly right. I didn't get signs right, but then our one, two were flipped, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I went with Max wasn't, wasn't smart. I had gone with Lewis the last race. I, I mean, you know, I, I should have known. I, I just, I, I didn't know how real the Mercedes stuff was, but this engine is, is legit. It's, it's tuned to the max. And I mean, I, I, south of Red Bull making some serious improvements. It's just, it's, it's the better engine of those top two teams. Yeah. And I think, um, I only really chose Lewis to win it because you chose max to win it. Uh, if you chose Lewis to win it, I would, I would have done the, the inverse just to keep it interesting, but yeah, um, you're right. Lewis was just extremely fast this weekend. Um, and it's kind of perfect, right? If, if we had max pulling away, I know you're a, you're a max fan and want him to, to get his first championship, but ever since Brazil where Lewis got sent to the back of the grid for the qualifying infringement, and overtook 24 cars in two races because it was the sprint race format. But um, ever since Brazil, I've started to be on Team Hamilton just because of how badass that was. That was the most overtaking that I had ever seen in a Formula One race in my life, where he came from um, 20th in the sprint race to 5th. And then in the actual race on Sunday, he went from from 10th to, um, to 1st. So that's why I'm kind of fighting for Lewis here. But... Um, who knows? You know, in Abu Dhabi, Max Verstappen is the last winner there, so he's got some experience on that final track. Um, and Red Bull is supposed to be pretty quick. And then Saudi Arabia, although we've never 
um, raced here before. It is a street circuit. It's a true street circuit. So Red Bull does very well at street circuits. But what can help Mercedes is that the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix is promised to be more similar to Monza than it is Monaco. So for a lot of street tracks, they get compared to Monaco because of all the twists and the turns and all the slow little hairpins. But um, this one is supposed to be the fastest street circuit of all time. Um, So you're going to be hitting really, really, really top speeds, which usually goes for the stronger engine, which would be Mercedes here. So another coin toss, but sounds like you, Chase, are probably going to be leaning towards Lewis for the next race. I I mean, it's hard not to. I don't want to be just a creature of the moment, but I mean, what we've seen out of Lewis has just been just domination. I mean, as I know Max is going to get squirrely. They're going to get aggressive. I, I, I don't, I don't want to play. Like I, I, I think they'll. I don't know how many tricks they'll pull up their sleeve, but, but it's like a wounded dog. They're gonna bite. I know I said this the last race, but it, I mean, I can't expect Max to just let this championship fall through, fall through his hands without putting up a, a major fight. And I don't put anything past him. So this could get wild. But um, no, I mean, as long as Mercedes qualifies as, as well as they have been and, and this car is looking as quick as it has been, I could just see him kind of just squirting out here um, early. But but like we said, he's going to take maybe a penalty. Has that been official that he's going to take an engine penalty? It, you know, we've got a little bit of time between now and in the race. So there's a little bit of posturing that always happens with Formula One media. But Toto Wolf did mention, he, he said, quote unquote, that they will be bringing their spicy engine package to Saudi Arabia. Um, and I think it's a lot of just behind the scenes daggers and even just directly in the media between Toto Wolf and Christian Horner. The Mercedes versus Red Bull battle this year is um, testier than it has ever been before. And um, Mercedes really is getting cocky with how well their engine is performing. So I think they're saying, we don't care about a five-place penalty, Chase. We're faster than you. And on a you know 50-lap 50, 50 Grand Prix, um, we'll get right up to you within 25 laps, and you'll just be shit out of luck. So, yeah, I think that they're going to take the engine penalty. And again, like like I was saying earlier, another element that I haven't really thought about is that when they take that engine penalty, they also defend themselves from having that one-two you know, start where Verstappen can be the aggressor, like you said, in the first turn so far this season and take out Lewis Hamilton. Because if he does that, which has happened before, by the way, Michael Schumacher, um, you know, in the Villeneuve championship, I think it was towards the late 90s. um, I think Damon Hill was involved in that as well, where the two championship contenders, somebody took one of them out um, and then Villeneuve ended up winning the championship. So, um, I think Mercedes is going to try to avoid that at least for one more race. And then I think the last race of the season, um, I don't suspect that they'll take an engine penalty. I think they're just going to try to put it all out there um, and not have any more, you know, grid penalties. Because at that point, you know, Max can be up by one point over Lewis, right? So we don't want any sort of issues that can cause Lewis to not to not win there. So. Anyways, I, I do think that that Lewis will continue to take the engine penalty in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, no, that's interesting, and yeah, there is there's some smart strategy there for sure. Um, 
no, it's, it's going to be fascinating. I'm, I'm pumped for this race. Uh, in two weeks, we're obviously this weekend we're, we're off. Um, it's a lot of football that's to be watched. There's a lot of other stuff, but, um, we'll, we'll gear up for the last few races and, um, for the, yeah, the best, uh, championship in, in a decade. Yeah. Really looking forward to it. And, um, it's been fun doing the, it's been fun doing the triple header with you every single week, but, um, but definitely, definitely looking forward yeah. to having, uh, having a weekend yeah. off and, and reconnecting in Saudi Arabia. Perfect. Um, yeah, Johnny, no, I appreciate your time. Thank you for obviously you, you, the, the heart and soul of the podcast, giving all the info for, for all of our listeners and, um, just invaluable. So, so I appreciate it. And, uh, we'll, we'll reconnect in uh, in a few and uh we'll just race race to the finish here awesome thanks chase happy thanksgiving to you too thanks johnny